back to Draco's Den, everybody, and today we have a bit more of a somber topic to discuss. Um, for the literary world, we lost one of our true greats um, the other day. Anne Rice passed as a result of complications due to a stroke. The statement was released on her page by her son, Christopher, and... For me, this is a really heavy loss. Um, so I thought I would do a podcast, short one, just to talk about how I discovered Anne Rice and what the woman and her writing both meant to me and how they influenced my life and my career as a writer. Um, now, Anne Rice has been writing for years longer than i have been alive but i discovered the vampire chronicles in eighth grade um because when i was in eighth grade it was 2001 ish when i started um because i started two days after Aaliyah, the singer died and soon after that they did release her final movie which was queen of the damned which I saw before I ever read any of the books. So, for my Anne Rice fans, I will say this. I love the movie for the soundtrack and for Aaliyah's performance only, but I acknowledge that there are more faults than I have time to get into with the script. But because I had seen the movie and loved it, my English teacher at the time, who I believe was named Miss Cassidy, um... We would have to do reading assignments and, and do book reports or whatever in class. Um, and I read on a higher level, so I was not reading the same type of shit as my fellow students in most cases. So because I told her about my love for the movie, she told me, you should really read the book. There's a lot more to that story. And so I did. And I read out of order. So, because I really wanted to read Queen of the Dam. But then, you know, there were two books ahead of that. There was Interview the Vampire and The Vampire Lestat. So then I went back and read those. Um, so that I would have the full story. And I remember the movie Interview with the Vampire, but I didn't watch it in its entirety until I was older. And I will say that of the two movies based off of Anne Rice works interview the vampire was much closer to her writing than the queen of the damn movie was but there were flaws there too but with this being said having read this and i loved this story i love the vampires and the version in the books are so much more vivid than they were in the movies they're so much more realistic and there's different than what they were portrayed as in the movies especially in the queen of the damn movie they were drastically different so I read through the first three. I had to reread them, and I did reports on all of them, you know, high, high marks and all that. But this is the one way me and this teacher were able to bond because she had more of the books, and I definitely wanted to read more. So she let me borrow her personal copies because these weren't on the shelf for the rest of the class to choose from. She chose to let me borrow them, and I took very good care of these books because they were phenomenal books and not on damaged books. Um, and they were hers, and I didn't want to have to have explain to my mother why she had to rebuy books for my teacher. So, 
going from here, you know, to these first three, then in order, the next was Tale of the Body Thief. Love this too. And then from there, my ultimate favorite was Mimnock the Devil. And that book was so damn good, I had to stop after I read it, go back and reread it again. This to my to this day is my favorite book by anyone ever. Um for a lot of reasons. A, obviously I loved all of the, the vampires in the Vampire Chronicles, but for the most part. Um I'm hit or miss on Armand. And sometimes I could honestly take or leave with that. My favorite of the characters, honestly, was actually Maharet. Um and I loved Akasha for the delusional villain that she ultimately was. But Memnock the Devil was a little different for me. Because this one provoked some, it allowed me to address some questions that had been floating in my mind about Christianity, um, which I was raised on and at this point already didn't really make much sense to me. Um, there were flaws. There were questions that I had, the questions that could not be answered, and that I had not been able to put into words before. It, for those that have never read it, Memnock the Devil um, addresses the story of God and the Devil, right? As far as the stat is concerned, and they are not quite what we thought them to be. First off, we, you know, were raised that the devil's name was Satan or Lucifer when he was an angel. And in this variation, he says, yeah, no, both of those names are wrong. My, my actual name is Memnock. Okay, that was cool. That's an interesting slant. And his whole thing was basically kind of trying to sway Lestat to help him. And he takes him on a journey, shows him things from the past, supposedly shows him hell. Um, and shows him... God incarnate, you know, when he or God when he incarnated himself down as a mortal, which he had previously punished angels for doing, which you can figure that's basically okay, God incarnate Jesus, right? And in this story, God wasn't so benevolent. It's kind of a hypocritical asshole, actually. And Mimnock had some valid points in pointing out the hypocrisy and apparently everything you know the whole heaven and hell concept was basically a wager between the two who could get more souls into heaven god through his weird ass ways or memnock through bringing them to hell first and there's so much more complexity to that book but it's addresses an issue that the vampires had always faced, or at least the younger ones had faced in regards to faith and what they are and whether they were truly evil or not. You know, you have some of the younger vampires going out and sacrificing themselves when they see the veil that has Christ's face on it that Lestat manages to bring back with him. The stat himself kind of loses his fucking mind for a while. And this is where we also kind of get to see for the first time that, you know, Maharet had really stepped into the role of kind of ruling the vampires that even though she didn't really want to. 
um, and we get to see some of her power and how different hers was than Akasha, which is another reason she was my favorite. First off, she was really more motherly than Akasha ever was. Akasha was the mother of all vampires, but she was kind of a raging fucking lunatic. Maharet was sensible. Maharet had never needed to go and do the long sleep thing. And she was the strongest, you know, um, and kind of accepted that her and her sister were the rulers, but, you know, her sister McHare can't talk. And it was barely understood whether McHare could actually understand anything that was going on around her, which gets addressed later in later books. But I loved how this one, you know, when Lestat wants to go insane, it's Maharet who's able to restrain him without harming or killing him. Um, and I, I, I loved it looks so much. And then I realized, you know, sexuality was a bit fluid in Anne Rice's books, which is the first time I really come across books with that. You know, most books that I read, everybody was fucking heterosexual, which is really depressing. Um, but from here, you know, I'd already begun writing years before this but this is kind of where I started to branch my writing out a little bit because I'm like I didn't want to be identical to her because I don't think I could match Anne Rice but I realized at that point I'm like okay I can make these characters that I'm coming up with in my head and always writing in my notebooks I can make them a little bit more vivid a little bit more realistic I love the fact that, you know, Lestat's sexuality was very fluid. Um, in his own words, he had fallen in love with men and women. And you see the many that he falls in love with. Most of the, the fledglings that he makes, he fell in love with in this sense. Except for Claudia. Claudia was just a way to fuck with Louis, basically. And I love these stories so much. And then the advent of social media especially over recent years, has really allowed Anne Rice to, like, just talk with fans on a regular basis. And she constantly gives advice to, you know, prospective authors. Because we ask, you know, does she have any advice? And she did not. I love the fact that she wasn't, like, condescending or whatever to anyone that chose to self-publish. She loved the idea of self-publishing. She was like, you know, it's nice that everyone doesn't have to go through the struggles and things that her generation went through with sending out, you know, query letters and getting constantly rejected and not being sure if anyone will ever take your work before finally someone does. And, you know, then she was able to give us more backstory that we may not have heard before about, you know, what went into writing her books, like the fact that Interview the Vampire was the way uh, she wrote that in a way to kind of cope with the loss of her daughter in the 70s. Because um, she and her husband had two children. She had a daughter who did, um, unfortunately, pass early. And she said that book was her way. Claudia was representative of her daughter. Um, trapped in a child form for eternity. I mean, you can kind of see that her, her daughter was a little child when she died. 
it's a different way to think about it. Um, but she also gives, you know, advice to the writers. And she had a particular quote, which I shared on Instagram earlier, um, that I remembered her saying, and it stuck with me and influenced the way that I write so much. Um, and her quote says, be brave, go where the pain is, go where the pleasure is, seek to create in words the world in which you long to live. And I remember, you know, another quote by her, um, roughly, basically, kind of saying, you know, write what you want to read, too. And for me, that was a big, um, that was kind of a big thing that I needed to know, because, you know, sometimes as a writer, your confidence kind of will waver, especially, you know, when you see success of others, self-publishing is very difficult. Um, and I kind of, you know, I'm, I started following her, I think, before I really started publishing, but I remember seeing these quotes from her, and that was what kind of inspired me to to make sure that I wrote my characters exactly the way that I wanted them and the way that I portrayed them. Um, which is why when you read my work now, their sexuality is what it is. You have the gay, you have the straight, most of them are bi or fluid, whatever. I write them as I see them and I write what I would want to read. I write worlds that I would want to live in, like she said. And it's, I mean, that's basically what she did. You know, when she started writing vampire stories, they weren't all the rage like they would become, you know, in the late 2010s with the fucking advent of Twilight, which, by the way, sorry, those aren't real vampires for me. But Anne Rice's vampires are totally, you know, they, they were unique to her. You know, the, the way that she did them, like, she never addressed the idea of Dracula. I did, but she didn't. Um, and her vampires were different. They were alluring. They were flawed. They had fucking problems. They had fucking daddy issues, mommy issues, uh, misogyny issues. I mean, Akasha's whole thing in the books was not that she hated all humans. She just hated men. She felt that men were the source of the world's problems, which in her case was rather hypocritical because her entire situation was her fucking fault. Her husband's greatest crime, honestly, was caving in to her ways and listening to her, which ultimately led to the spiral of events that would turn them into vampires. And Akasha was the first. And she was the one that chose to make more, like she made her husband to rest, to save his life, and then she changed her most loyal servant, Cayman, who then goes and makes Maharet and McCare, who are ultimately their biggest enemies in the end. But she goes on a vampire-making spree until ultimately her own children rise against her. And a lot of her problems were actually caused by herself. Her capture of the twins led to the spirit of Mel attacking them and ultimately attacking her at the time in which her own advisors turned on her, killed her, and he got absorbed into her. 
reanimating her, forming the vampire race. So there was that. Then there's Lestat, the you know the titular hero of the series, who really isn't a hero. He's kind of an asshole. Um, he's arrogant. He's brash. He's cocky. He's arrogant. He's the brat prince, as Marius names him. And he's so complex because it's like he has likable qualities, but you just have a whole lot of other times where like you are really a pompous, arrogant ass, and. Most of his problems are his fault, too. You know, the strain of his relationship with Louis is his fault for being an asshole. A complete and total asshole. Then you have Armand, who I can't personally stand. Um, he's a little too religious for me. Although I did love his book. I did, I honestly got I did love his book. Um, and it made him a little bit more relatable and... You know, getting to see his background and understand why he can be the dreary douchebag that he is. But not my favorite. Like I said, Maharet will end up being my favorite. But I could find something interesting about all these characters. And then even when we thought she was done. You know, um, the last book I had remembered for a time reading from her was like Blackwood Farm or whatever came right after it, Merrick and all that. Um... And we thought, okay, maybe she's going to end the Vampire Chronicles there. But then she brings out new books in the last few years. And I don't want to spoil too much, but she introduced new characters that were connected to the old characters and made sense. So Akasha had a biological son who she also turned into a vampire. Um, that was interesting. Um, and then the changing of who the spirit Amel is, how he, you know, went from one body to another. The fact that there were other vampires that were theoretically as strong as Maharet. I was very depressed that Maharet got killed off. I don't think that's a spoiler at this point. She got killed off like three books ago. Get over it, folks. Um, and I also, I read the Mayfair witches. I love them too. It took me a while to get into them because they weren't traditional witches. So I was a little disappointed there at first, but once I really, you know, got into it, and when they made a appearance in Merrick, I had to go back and read the Mayfair Witches to understand everything. Um, I read um, Ramsey's the Mummy or Ramsey's the Damned. Loved it. She wrote a follow-up book to that, and then, oh shit, there's another book that's supposed to follow that up that she wrote with her son, which I guess would still be released. I guess the book was done. Um, but I know that was supposed to be coming out at some point soon, probably next year, I think. There were so many books that she had, and I actually, unlike my brother, I love The Wolf Gift and the follow-up book, The Wolves of Midwinter, um, because they were Anne's take on, on werewolves, and I don't want them to, I don't want anything that Anne did to be like, she just did it to be like everybody else, and that wasn't. It was totally unique to her, loved it. I have gone back and reread so many of these books and I've rebought them. Like I'll um in the course of moving across states, sometimes you lose some books. So I've lost some of them, rebought them. Um my entire collection right now is still in St. Louis. I'm and I gotta find a way to get that sent to me because I need those books. I find Anne Rice, her work, her the her level of description, the way that she writes is just something that I don't feel can be duplicated. And so I've always loved her work. And she maintains the top spot as my favorite author. Don't get me wrong. There are other authors that I love. 
but Anne Rice was the queen for me. You know, her vampires made the most sense to me. Now, obviously, I didn't make my vampires really anything like hers, but that's because of the circumstances under which I created mine. I don't want to do what she did, but I love what she did. I'd love to have that level of success, I guess, but, you know, I don't, I didn't strive to write like her because I don't think you can write like another author. You have to write like yourself. So I write with my own voice. But as far as literary, you know, influences, she is the biggest because she just inspires me to write how I want to write um, and not to write to cater to what I think will sell. I write what I enjoy, and I got that inspiration, that idea solely from from her, really. And I have to appreciate that. And then as a reader, you just have to appreciate these this world, these worlds that she created, these characters that she created and brings to life to the point that there's such discussion, such heated discussion over, you know, the movie adaptations. And then there was a TV show that was being licensed. Don't know what's going to happen with that. It's, it's, really too soon to ask but it is something on my mind you know there was a lot of debate in the fan base and the other thing i loved with her was that when she signed up to you know give uh some of the rights to do the tv show she asked for suggestions you know on okay today's character is akasha who do you think could play her I don't remember who we said. I know somebody said Beyonce. I know I ripped him to fucking shreds because that that's, I'm sorry. Don't disrespect that role that way. Um, but she asked about, you know, them, Armand, Lestat, so on and so forth. Like she was asking for our opinions so that, you know, they could have a good idea of current actors that would potentially fit the role appearance-wise and acting ability-wise. That was... She was always very interactive and she didn't just discuss her work. She discussed, you know, things going on in the real world and she never came across as judgmental. She always came across like she wanted, you know, peaceful discussions and debates, not arguments, belittling, name calling. And it was refreshing, you know, even when, you know, she had her team doing her posting towards the end here, but you knew Anne was supervising and approving things and, it was always nice to see her, you know, her interact. I, you know, she's interacted with me in the comments a few times, which would be something she may not have remembered, but us fans always remember because those interactions, like it was an actual response to something that I posted. And for me, that's just, she's just, she was my favorite author. She was my favorite author's page to interact on because you never knew what the discussion could be that day. She loved to discuss, you know, TV shows that might be old to us, but she just discovered or she rediscovered, you know, she was always great with making recommendations. She was clearly a very devoted mother to her son, you know, sharing his work, sharing his, you know, podcast. They wrote the next book in uh, on the Ramsey's series, I guess, together. And she was very supportive and, you know, she was very open about pretty much anything that we could ask her, honestly. And my one regret is that COVID hit before she could do another book tour because I really wanted to go somewhere to meet her. I, I, would, I really wanted to go to a signing and make sure I specifically went and bought another copy of Mim Knock the Devil because I want to say 
that she was planning on doing a tour before COVID hit and it got canceled. So I went out and bought Mimnock the Devil again to make sure I had a nice copy for her to sign because I was going wherever the fuck she was doing that signing. She's the one author that I was like, I don't give two shits where I have to go. I will go to California where she was recently at the end of her life. If she wants to do one in New Orleans, I will fly to that bitch. Wherever she wants to go to do a book signing, I was going to go to. Unfortunately, now we don't have that opportunity. I loved her son's tribute and his kind of like um, parting words to you know, when he announced that she had passed. Um, I liked the way he phrased it to kind of do what she would do spin it in a somewhat more positive way and um the way he phrased it was let us take comfort in the shared hope that Anne is now experiencing firsthand the glorious answers to many spiritual and cosmic questions the quest for which defined her life and career And that's such an uplifting way to think of things uh, and a fitting way, I think, to think of her based on this past several years of interacting with her on her page and the, the various topics she would discuss. And that was the other way she was an inspiration to me. You know, some people, I think, get caught up with social media and just well, my author page, you know, my social media presence is just about my books. It's, it has to be about just that. I can't, you know, show that I'm a fucking human being that um, does other things. And she talks about or talked about everything. Anything that was of interest to her, she was willing to post out there and have a discussion about. Which is why I'm like, you know, I, I appreciate that she is herself. Even on this fan page in this public setting, she was always so uniquely herself. And I wanted to do this show just to point out, you know, the loss that I feel with her going. The world feels a, a little less bright, I think. Just for myself, you know, speaking, because again, you know, this is the literary influence for me. This is the literary influence where so much of what I choose to do, you know, I do kind of off advice or whatever from Anne, from Miss Rice. So I didn't want to ramble on too long, but I wanted to give some form of a farewell and a a bit of a memoriam, I guess, uh, or for lack of a better term, to who for me will always be the greatest author I've ever read. And I hope, like I said, says, I hope, you know, I find peace in, in that idea that she's, you know, perhaps experiencing those answers to the questions that defined her life. And I hope you know, that someone will look back so fondly upon me 
on whatever date that I pass. And to our family, I just want to say I hope that... Well, no, I'm just going to say that they have my condolences because, you know, and her son lost his mother. And no matter how old she was, because she was 80 years old, I believe, I don't think you ever really get prepared for that. And my final words, because I'm not going to close out with my usual closing. Y'all know all of that already. My final words will be simply this. Uh, thank you, Anne Rice, for giving me, at least, years of inspiration and entertainment for being so nurturing, you know, when we asked as budding authors, you know, what advice you had for us and you would always calmly answer that question for us and give multiple answers to that question. Thank you for being so supportive of the writing community for paving the way for those of us that like things a little bit different and that like to think outside the box and think a little deeper. Thank you for giving me, you know, Mimnock the Devil, which allowed me to ask myself questions that put me on the right spiritual path. And thank you for all of those memories together. May you rest in peace and yeah, I think that'll do it.